Real Fun DC. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Hi, all, and welcome to another Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis. I know it is only the beginning of March, but there is a legit pep in everyone's step. And I don't know if it's because of a seasonal shift, the sun is shining, or the mask lift that's happened here in the DC area. But what I do know is, is that it feels really good to be out and about and to reconnect with everyone. So um, no surprise, I've been out a lot because it's kind of what I do. Um, earlier this week, I did let the good times roll at Doc Beans. They had a massive Fat Tuesday party. I'm talking like tarot card readers and uh, festoon dancers and hurricane cocktails and corn pumping live music and um lots of king cake i did not eat a baby but i tried i ate lots of slices of that cake um and that party just rolled now it wasn't quite new orleans uh but you know for the dc area it wasn't bad it was really fun um i also made it up to muchas gracias which uh is in upper northwest chef christian Irabian's uh mexican flavors are so fresh and so bright and he's really bringing what is in essence a neighborhood restaurant something that everybody should put on their list um we just had such a wonderful meal amazing wines from mexico uh everything is super smart and um if it hasn't been on your list you should add it now that's just a little preview uh for more of my eating drinking and travel uh you can follow me at n-y-c-c-i-n-e-l-l-i-s on instagram facebook and twitter of course you're going to stay up to date on all the latest going on in the dc metro area openings, events, promotions, etc. The list are you on it.com. And please tune in on Sundays for Foodie and the Beast, which is not live anymore. We do record it the day before, but David and I have been doing it for 14 years and we are always bringing in the latest and greatest on what's going on. Okay, that's me. Now on to today's show. So in the middle of the pandemic, like when we were in it, because, you know, there's been lots of phases of the pandemic. But uh, women chefs locally, women chefs, restaurateurs, and makers in DC gathered together and said, we got to do something. And I mean, as women do, they did. So anointed initially as Women's Food Fest, our city's best and brightest worked together to offer dinners and gift baskets and classes and experiences, either at home or in backyards or wherever. There were so many offerings, and it was all a way to help keep women and their businesses afloat. Now, over the last two years here on Industry Night and on Foodie and the Beast and on the list, are you on it.com, Micheline Mendelssohn, Diane Gross, Ruth Gresser, among many others, have popped up to keep us enlightened about all these offerings. And now, and I'm going to get really spring-like here, but and now Women's Food Fest has sort of gathered and has reemerged, much like a butterfly from a cocoon. And they are now regarding her DC. Now, this is the first chapter of regarding her, uh, which was originally established in California. Um, regarding her is a national nonprofit, and it is on a mission to empower and advance 
all hospitality industry businesswomen. And I'm so excited to have this entire panel with me today to talk about it. So I have founding members of Regarding Her and hospitality veterans, uh, Sylvie Gabriel and Dina Sampson, and Joy Crump, who is a local board member here of the DC regarding her, but also you know her from Foodie and Mercantile. And Fiona Lewis, who is also a good friend of uh, the show. She is also now a DC board member and owner of the District Fishwife on Toast and Son of a Fish. So I want to thank you all for joining me today. Uh, Sylvie and Dina, I'd like to start with both of you. Um, you both have been in the hospitality world for a really long time. Um, Sylvie, let's start with you. Love and Salt, you've been in the restaurant industry. Let's get a little background. Great. Uh, hi, Nikki. Thanks so much for having us on. It's really, we really appreciate the opportunity to talk about regarding her and kind of what we've done. Um, so my background in a sentence or so is I've been owning and operating restaurants for the last 25 years. Currently, I own Love and Salt in Manhattan Beach. That's just right outside of Los Angeles. And that's Italian inspired. Um, that we, we owned a restaurant in that, we've owned a restaurant in that space for about 43 years, which is something that my father opened and then I ran and took over. Before that, just other rest, other restaurants and catering company through the LA area. And so I've been just really active and um, trying to build professional and you know a, a solid and amazing kind of reputation for for me and for women around us. That was really my um, motivation or kind of my reason for being here. Uh, well, but when the pandemic hit, um, how did that affect you? and your business and given your uh, propensity to already want to work with other women chefs and help others, what, what transpired for you? So I think, I mean, my story is probably very much like every other restaurant tour, you know, my world got turned upside down and, and in an instant, it felt like, um, you know, we were, we were grappling and for answers you know, the way to survive, kind of what to do and, and really desperate for relief and support from the government. And so I think, you know, we had already established, Dina and I had a relationship before regarding her and, and even had become, began sharing resources and, and sharing contacts, which made it a world of difference. And so when the pandemic hit, we all, you know, us women, and you really dug in and tried to help each other gain access to resources, kind of give each other guidance and really try to lift each other up and make the whole process easier. And so, and that really helped with not just, you know, the government funding, but just really how, how are you handling, share your playbook? How are you going to handle reopening? Um, so all on all of those levels, um, that's kind of, we got our world got turned upside down and we, you know, we tried to get bring our, each other together and, and help each other through. Well, I think that there's and I mean, clearly, this is something we're going to say a lot today. You know, there are itty bitty, tiny, minuscule threads of silver linings that did come out of the pandemic. Um, and I you know, it's not that we wanted them, but it doesn't mean that there isn't something terrific about them. So Dina, let's uh, talk about you. And I, I do want to say, Sylvie, I have heard 
incredible stories over the last two years from people in the industry. And I think everybody thinks their story sounds similar because the world was turned upside down. But each story is unique because how each of you handled it meant a world of difference. You know, those who reached out to one another to be like, let's work together, let's make it work, as opposed to those who were like, good luck. You know, you can see now today as doors are reopening, you can see that you could see who survived. Um, so Dina, let's talk about you because you already had background in creating groups and putting people together aside from Soto and your restaurant experience. Right. Hi, thanks again, Nikki, for having us on. It's so, so great to be able to talk to the DC area. Um, so, um, Yes. So I actually had a background before I got into restaurants, I had a background in investment banking and hedge funds. And basically thought to myself, I need to get out of this. I'm not happy. Um, You know, thought about becoming an entrepreneur, wasn't sure what that was going to look like. Luckily came to sunny Los Angeles and then ended up opening, you know, restaurants. And so now, um, you know, we have a couple of restaurants. We have Rosso Blue, which is in downtown Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And then a hundred yards down from it is super fine pizza. Um, but you know, it's funny, I found a new passion and love for what we're doing at regarding her, you know, the idea that we can bring all these women together and really make a difference for all of us through, um, you know, I mean, listen, through food and drink, we can bring together lots of people and that's amazing. And then if we have a message to pass along while we're feeding people and letting them have a great time, even better. And, you know, that's what regarding her is trying to do. Well, um, I feel like you've jumped ahead a little bit, Dina. Yeah, so sorry. That's okay. So yeah. let's talk about regarding her. Yeah. How did you and Sylvie, you already had a relationship, but how did you come together and be like, okay, this is what we need to do? Sure, sure. Well, you know, it started as just Zoom calls. We just got on Zooms. We were doing little, you know, happy hours sometimes, sometimes, you know, just kind of complaining, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? You know, sharing best resources, as Sylvie was saying. Um, And then finally, we thought, you know what, let's just do something about this. Why are we waiting? Yeah. So when you guys talk about sharing resources, what does that mean to the light? Sure. What does that mean? So for instance, one of the things that came around was, oh, you can have outdoor dining. But, you know, some places didn't have outdoor dining. So it's like, I built this huge tent in front of my restaurant. And then everyone's like, who did you use? I want to build a tent in front of my restaurant. So, you know, you share that the name of that guy and that guy puts up a tent then in everybody's at everybody's restaurant, you know, and then we negotiate pricing like, no, we don't want that price. I, we're, all these women are getting these tents. This is the price that we want. So that's one way to do it, you know. The other is just, um, you know, during the time you think about it, there was the, the PPP that you could apply for. There was the restaurant revitalization fund you could apply for. A lot of people didn't understand it. You know, what are the deadlines? What do I need to get together? Um, you know, when is it opening? Um, that kind of information. We wanted to share that kind of information. Um, even for instance, I remember when the restaurant revitalization fund opened up, there was a moment where, cause I was on constantly checking the window opened before it opened for anyone. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, it's open. And I texted everyone. It's open. Hop on. You know, unfortunately I was only one of like two of the, the people that I texted that were able to get in, but mm-hmm. you know, in granted, everybody's kind of got on anyway, but still it's like just sharing these, this information was crucial mm-hmm. at this time because a lot of it was very time sensitive. 
Um, so then how did you guys, so you have all these things, right? And you got, and I do remember like when things were, you're like, we have to get on at this time and everybody, you know, it wound up being more available than people thought, but yeah. you know, you didn't know. So what, uh, how did you and Sylvie connect and be like, okay, we can actually do something here that's bigger. Sure. So what ended up happening is through these Zooms, we all started saying, let's do something. Forget, you know, let's stop waiting for the government to help us out. Let's do something. So we thought, why don't we throw a food festival, a virtual food festival? Because at the time in Los Angeles, we were closed. All restaurants were closed. You mm-hmm. could only do takeout. Right. So we were like, oh my God, how cool would it be if we like collaborated together, like offered something to the public that they haven't seen during this pandemic. So, so Sylvia and I, you know, we collaborated and we did a boozy brunch together, right? I sent my burger over her. Like I have a burger that's famous at my restaurant. Mm -hmm. I sent it over there. She basically sold it to the people in Manhattan beach where I'm I'm downtown. right? Right. So she ended up collecting, you know, I don't know, six, seven women all contributing a piece. And she did this amazing boozy brunch takeout box that sold out like that so then she did it again the next weekend sold out like that you know Mm -hmm. Uh, same thing I did like a pizza collab one at my pizza spot where there were four different pizzas I did a Thai pizza a Mexican pizza um uh Japanese pizza and a Spanish pizza it's like I'd never do that at my restaurant but I did it during the pandemic you know (laughs) and so it sold so it's this kind of collaboration um that really, really works with women. Women can like act quickly. They have great ideas. They can execute, you know, they just mobilize. And so that's, you know, what ended up happening. We just started talking about it and we made it happen in five weeks, five weeks. We had over 95 um, offerings. Um, You know, we thought we'd maybe have 25 offerings. We ended up with 95 offerings. Well, so Sylvie, let me bring you in on that. I mean, that is, amazing that you had so many offerings and that the public responded the way that it did. But so now you you have all this happening. Did you name it at that point regarding her? I mean, when did you decide, okay, we need to make this official? So I would, you know, we have nine founders that are type so creative and such go-getters that we all and it it was amazing how we all kind of came together and contributed from a different you know in a different capacity Um, our founder Lynn Ta she's the like the most amazing branding kind of creative and I think she was inspired by she created this kind of identity from the start Mm -hmm. and you know it, it, it was so serendipitous the way we all kind of came together and created this within five weeks, which really, I mean, even in that five weeks, we documented all of our processes, just especially Dina and I really, I mean, we worked so much so similarly that we documented every step, we documented our processes and all of a sudden it became this kind of platform just out of the process. Um, So what did you do like back of end? I mean, how did you, was it an Instagram feed? Was it a website? I mean, how did you turn that around so quickly that you could execute that while you were dealing, by the way, with all this other shit? So how did you do that? Just, I mean, all of us were, were, we contributed our talents all together in this, like the symphony of, of tag teaming and creative and we we launched it all 
brand identity, you know, nonprofit identity, um, website, ordering process, open table being our sponsor, putting up the platform for all 95 offers or most of them. But um, it was, it was, and it was miraculous, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just really, we ground away and stayed up late nights. And um, when I was out of, out of um, gas, Dina, Dina was half full yeah. and so take over and <laughs> it was amazing. All right, I'm gonna pause here because you guys uh, regarding her has evolved into a much bigger entity. So what I'd like to do is bring in our DC women and our DC area women, sorry, Joy, uh, and uh, talk about what this, what it was their story and how it's, then we'll come back together and talk about how we were this big, huge group of women, which is amazing. Okay, so um, Joy Crump of Foodie Mercantile, and she has a new venue, 718 venue, uh, is joining us. And Fiona Lewis, you know her from the District Fishwife on Toast and Son of a Fish. Uh, both of you opened uh, spots up during the pandemic. And you both had your own story. So let's start, Joy, let's start with you a little bit. Um, what was, how's the last two years been for you? How did you, you know, sort of pivot, swivel, shift? What did you have to do to make it all work? Um, thank you, first of all, for having me on and for allowing me to contribute to this conversation, which is so, so important and just riveting. And every time somebody has started on a line of, of conversation here, I've been like, oh yeah, I want to say something about that. I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, so thank you um, for 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 just giving me a voice here for a second. Um, I, I mean, I can start with what you said about silver linings. I, I I can remember being this like almost like apocalyptic days where you're just like, what is happening mm-hmm. in March of 2020? And you're just, I mean, like I was like walking through quicksand up to my waist. I just didn't know what was going on and and um, and my one of my mentors, um, who's who's also my business partner in, in in the building that we own, he said to me, um, you know, he's like, you know, I got ten years on you, girl. I'm a little older than you, and I'm telling you, every single time I've been flat on my face, when I stand up, I was exposed to something that made my life better. And I don't know what our silver lining is going to be. And he owns tons of real estate, so he was screwed, you know. Um, he he's like, but I'm telling you, when we come out of this it's going to, there's going to be something. So look for it and look for it every day. And that's really what I started doing. And there's this really with restaurants, I think in particular, this kind of murky undercurrent that goes on where you're like, you're putting out food and you're creating and you're, there's, you know, hospitality and you're doing all those things that are wonderful and they feel so yummy. And then there's this business and like, what the hell is that? And um, as a chef, what is that? I don't know. But I focused or I began focusing really diligently on the business. Um, and, And the point I think I'm making is that there's a commonality with women, with restaurateurs, with people in the hospitality industry in general, where I think that, um, uh, the, the business of running the business is not given enough space in terms of what we are paying attention to and focusing on. And, um, at when, when the rug gets pulled out from under you, like it did with COVID, 
that's that's what happens and things fall apart. And so um, I became very focused on how do I keep the business part of what we're doing if we're not putting up um, you know, chicken and burgers on a plate and giving them to somebody with a fork and knife to eat. What that, what are we, what am I doing when I wake up? Like, and, and so, um, that was my silver lining. It continues to be my silver lining and networking with other people who are just rolling up their sleeves every day and focusing on the businesses behind their businesses became my purpose. Um, and, and so I love this network because it is another, place where I can find um, moxie and courage and like just grit, you know, um, and which is all we've been relying on. And now we're starting to like, okay, pull up our shades and, and, you know, wear short sleeve shirts and like get out there again, um, unmasked. But it, it, that's for two years, I think it's been, we've been down in the dirt and, and I, and I welcome these groups because it brings like networking and bridges and like connections between people who are just trying to survive and make their businesses like turn on the lights one more day. Well, and I don't want to jump ahead of our conversation here, but I, I feel it's so important to sort of say that, you know, DC, the DC area has always been known to have chefs that play very well in the sandbox. And Fiona, you could fight me on that if you want, but usually they play very well in the sandbox. There may be a couple outliers. I know I can name them too. But <laughs> overall, everybody plays really well. And I think it's always been especially unique to DC because I don't know in LA if it's always like that or San Francisco or New York or you know Boston, Philadelphia, et cetera. So I do wonder and a little bit about whether or not this experience, especially for these women chefs, uh, not just locally here or in California, but nationally have found that you can help each other and that we should be playing well in the sandbox because if I do well, you do well. Like keeping secrets close to our best is not going to help, may help you in the short term, but it doesn't help you in the long term, right? Um, right. So Fiona, let's have you jump in here for a sec. Um, you're always hustling because I know you. <laughs> so tell, and, and hustling is a good thing. I'm a hustler. That's my life. That's how I read it. So tell me, um, you know, what, what it's sort of been like for you. I know you were involved with Women's Food Fest when it launched. Um, tell me a little bit about it for you. Yeah, I think that, that um, the timing of that for me, because we stayed open the whole way through. So just with the district fishwife on toast was just a couple of days and sushi wasn't open. But so, you know, we were open the whole time in those three to four months when everyone else was either closed, partially closed, or just delivery, we were full on. We were doing a lot of seafood deliveries. So what ended up happening, by the time we'd started with the Women's Food Fest with Mish, Ruth, Diane and I, when we started this group and what it became, I actually had a little more time. Everyone else was ramping back up. Sure. I'd stayed open. I had my staffing in place. So... It was a good time for me to be able to try and help other people. So doing things like, you know, Mish and I built our website. So I had enough time on my back end because I'd already got everything back in place. I didn't have to try and reinvent. I'd spent months already doing that. So it just felt like a really good time to try and help connect people and help everyone else with, you know, what I'd already sort of done. If that makes sense. But the Women's Food Fest, very similar to regarding her, 
really sort of both, both of them sort of started as like, let's do stuff, right? Like let's do, maybe you guys were sharing resources on the back end, but it was, you know, these brunch boxes or gift boxes, uh, um, baskets, pardon me, et cetera, and so on. So my question for you, Fiona, is at what point did the group say, okay, what are we doing with this? You know, we're doing these Mother's Day things and specific events and, you know, putting think packages together, but how are we going to grow? Was there, was there a need for that? I mean, the, the biggest thing that we were also doing in conjunction with just that anyway, was every month we were getting together and we were having our monthly calls and it was the monthly calls. that was just really support network, like not just, Oh, how can we get this now because no one else can find it and where do we get that from but just time for us to you know get on a zoom and talk about ah where are we and is this ever going to end and how much longer do we have uh and then we wanted to just keep it rolling as the pandemic kept going and try and find other avenues and what we could do and then that's when the timing of that for us really coincided well with where uh, Ari Her LA was at and they've reached out to us with months ago. Who found who first? Regarding her? Well slightly we all not just if you think Ruth and Jamie I mean they know Mary Sue really well and have forever they've all those three same age tight I think Sylvia's in that same group of people who've been around forever in a good way I mean they're still only 20 years old it's amazing how they've done so much and being only 20 it's ridiculous but but you know so that sort of was just a natural progression of people who were talking with each other and know each other well okay so Sylvia and Dina as you guys were sort of creating um, sort of hardening the lines when did it evolve to of uh, regarding her when did it evolve to like oh no we're gonna do more we're gonna give grants we're, like explain how we got here Dina why don't you yeah so so basically what happened the grant program was always part of our plan actually we said let's throw this festival and let's try to raise money so that we can give money to those women that are really needing it right now and that you know have a potential to shut down like we didn't want them to shut down so basically what we said was let's go ask our corporate sponsors i mean let's go ask the door dashers and the open tables of the world and say hey if you want us to survive you need to support us right now. And so basically that's what we did. We went out and we said, we want to get, start this grant program. Um, we talked to, you know, maybe a dozen of those kind of companies and then DoorDash ended up doing the, um, supporting us with the grant program. So wow. we did that. And so when we started talking to all these corporate sponsors and how interested they were in what we were doing, we, we, we were thinking, oh my gosh, we could do this across the country. We could make sure every city has this. And they all, and then we could connect all us women and, you know, and listen, the more voices that, that um, are, are shouting, you know, the praises of women owned business, restaurant and food businesses, the better, like, let's get this messaging out there. And so 
Um, you know, that's where Mary Sue came in. She's like, I really, there's these women in DC. I know they'll, they'll motivate. They're so act, they'll, they'll activate though. They can be, they can do what, you know, what we've done here. And so, you know, we got on some Zooms and we were like, oh, these are the women to do it. You know, of all the cities that we've spoken to, these women can do it. And so that's why we. What does that look like, Joy? Like for you, how does this organization fit in for you and how do you want to be a a participant in it? So one of the things I think is beautiful about this organization is that it is the purpose uh, or, or part of the mission of bringing the women together is not to put a financial burden on them, right? But to enhance their financial standing. So, uh, you know, chefs know that we get invited to do festivals and to participate in this, that, and the other all the time. And it's like, um, it's all of it. Right. And and it's lovely. They're fun. And they're, they're always like just a great time, but they can, they can take a toll on your pocketbook. Um, And when you look at that and kind of monetize where it puts you, that becomes a decision you have to choose. With regarding her, you know, and, and I know this because on the board level, we're constantly reminding ourselves of that the women that we're trying to um, attract and that we're trying to support and draw into the network, um, we want them to benefit financially from being in, involved in, you know, in, in a collaboration, you know, like you're saying, you're putting together like these pizzas or you're sending your burger to another restaurant and all of a sudden that burger is selling. Well, that's revenue for you that you wouldn't already have. And so by participating, you're lending strength to each other, to the entire network, but you're also um, benefiting from it financially. That to me is a really nuts and bolts um, great reason to that, that sets this organization apart and also makes it so um, viable for everybody. I mean, like you, you should want to be in that, right? Like we're there to support each other and support each other financially um, through this network. Not just for women restaurant owners, right? Because there's, I mean, there are so many women in the industry who could benefit from at least the knowledge if they want to open up a restaurant or they want to become a maker or they want to be more involved, does the organization have space for them too? I think Fiona should speak on that one because that's definitely something that we, or, or, or you know, maybe Sylvia or Dina, because we, that's something that we've been kicking around on that level. So. I can, I can pop in and, and kind of answer that. So what, what we've strategically the, the vision all along has been all inclusive. Any, you know, include as much as we can, as far as we can. Um, we want to build a super strong network that just really helps each other. Uh, and to do that, we've had to kind of um, start with food and drink with storefront because we want to segment it so that we can really attract certain types of sponsors where we can get support. The next level of membership, which will roll out after the festival, is going to be key decision makers, uh, collaborators, and um, really any 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 adjacent, you know, anyone touching the industry. So there's there are plans to roll out various levels of membership, where they can actually be segmented to communicate with each other and have that network, and then also be connected to the and all together. That's the plan. Well, and I love that plan because, I mean, I believe in the Nikki Nellis way of networking. Like, I'm all about, oh, do you, like, I consider myself a concierge to everybody. Like, if you want to know anything, you ask me. And if I don't know, I will find out for you because I have a massive network of people and I am delighted to put people together. So I feel like you guys are taking that to a whole new level um, and really 
getting people who maybe wouldn't know each other or know where the resources were together. And that that way that connection is is made so quickly. So um, Sylvie, you did reference this huge event that's going on here. So DC is doing a huge event at Jamie Lee's restaurant uh, at the wharf, uh, Hanks. And there's also 14 days of festival. And there's so much going on during this time. Uh, I'm gonna let Fiona and Joy sort of walk us through. First, uh, first of all, Sylvie and Dina, are you guys coming? Yeah, we'll be there. Oh my God, good, I'll get to meet you. Yeah, great. <laughs> Good. Um, so what are the events? How can people participate? Let's talk about the big blowout at Jamie's. And then let's talk about all these other things because so many fabulous women in the DC area are participating. Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm going to throw in about the wharf. I think that that's going to be a fantastic event. Um, and honestly, if you're interested in tickets, it's nearly sold out already. So kind of now is the time. Women on the wharf. Oh, Joy, load in with some of the names. Uh, we've got women on the board. Okay, so we've got um, Jamie Lee, obviously Mary Sue will be there on that day. Um, we've also got, um, we've got a bunch of um, collaborations going on uh, 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 that eve uh, during the, the 14 days, but for the, for the women on the wharf, we've got um, Put In, which is owned by a woman named Toy and Ali. We've got Navy Brown of At Your Service. Um, I'll be there, Doran Peterson, Sticky Fingers Bakery, um, Brooklyn's Finest, is, I mean, they're amazing. So a lot of really cool um, people in all walks of, you know, makers and um, bakers and, and food artisans. And we've got seafood, we've got pizza, we've got, you know, just really cool, eclectic bunch of women there that are the core of, of ReHer DC. Wait, so it's going to be this amazing kickoff event. And uh, it's going to be amazing. But then what are some of these collabs that are happening throughout the city for 14 days? All right. So, I mean, we can start off again. We've got uh, Toyin from Puddin and Mish from Good Stuff Eatery. Um, you can go to the Good Stuff Eatery and they're going to be doing the Puddin Shake, which they're homemade caramel custard with Toyin's brown butter bourbon bread pudding in a shake. I mean, that sounds fun. Yes. Uh, Trisha Barbara. So she recently opened. She's a new member. She changed of industry. I know Trisha Barbara. I right. Know well, I didn't know that she had launched a biscuit company. Good for her. Right. Preservation Biscuit Company. I've eaten the biscuits. Nothing like a good biscuit. I love right. it. They actually remind me of a scone, like a real scone in Australia. I've seen scones here in America and I'm like, oh, that's an American scone. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, hey, they're good, but they're not what we would call a scone in Australia. So a biscuit, a biscuit like um, Trisha makes is a lot closer to what we would call a scone in Australia. Okay. So just saying, everything's good. It's all good. Well, so Trisha is partnering with Victoria at Ice Cream Jubilee, and they're going to be doing ice cream sandwiches. They're going to do an ice cream marion berry biscuit. So right. that's going to be full of um, all of the good stuff with her blueberry ice cream. She's also doing one for me. So I'm making the locks. She's going to make the queen, which is going to be a breakfast sandwich, which is sort of, you know, like a Benedict. Um, Susan from Chinese Street Market and Jamie Leeds are going to be doing dumplings at her Hank's place. 
Ruth Gressa from Pizza Paradiso is doing a etouffee-inspired pizza, thanks to the etouffee from Toyin. Um, again, from pudding, and then they're also going to be doing some pairings with the Denison's group from Emily and Julie there at Denison's. Mm-hmm. Ruth's also doing some floats with Ancho Cider. Gina from Buffalo and Bergen is collaborating with Tiffany from Buttercream Bake Shop. So she's going to be doing um, some cocktails there featuring some macarons from Tiffany. Diane from Cork Wine Bar is partnering with Kenesha Potts from Let's Jam, and they're going to do some jams with her artisanal cheese plates. And that's not the entire list, but that's just something to throw out you to get going. How do people get access to everything you guys are doing and sort of stay up? So for the 14-day festival, where can every, other than the list, are you on it.com, obviously, (laughs) but where else uh, can people go to stay up to date on what's happening here locally. So regarding her fooddc.org is our link. And everything on that um, is going to let you know exactly all of the up-to-date information. And then you can click on a link to get tickets to Jamie's event or, well, sorry, Women at the Worth at Jamie's Jamie's place. But that's going to be a, so that is like, uh, three hours, all food, all drinks, everything inclusive. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. There's about 14 different people providing food and drinks. It's standing around, drinking, past appetizers, and then it's a sit-down, three-course, family-style meal. If you want to be on the list, that's where you should be. Yeah. And that's March 14. Excellent. Okay. And um, Sylvia and Dina, I'm so excited you guys are going to be here. But if People want to stay up to date with regarding her in general. Where is the best place to uh, follow up with that information? So on regardingherfood.com, there is a subscribe button. If, if, if anybody wants to be kept up to speed or up to date from now on, if they subscribe, we'll send out regu- newsletters regularly mm-hmm. on the organization, on you know, DC, what's happening in DC, all of that. Great. That sounds amazing. And then if you would all, first of all, I want to thank you all for joining me today. I know how busy you all are. Um, and I cannot wait to see all of you on the 14th. I'm going to hit each of you. Just give me either your uh, website or Instagram feed, wherever you prefer people to follow you and find out what's happening. Sylvie, let's start with you. Uh, let's say uh, at regarding her food, uh, at regarding her food. Excellent. Okay. Joy. At Foodie Fredericksburg. Okay, great. And Dina? You can follow me at at Dina Sam. Excellent. (laughs) And Fiona? At DC Fishwife. Excellent. I want to thank you all for joining me today. I mean, the month of March does mark Women's History Month. And it's really a moment when we all commemorate the vital role of women in history But let's all reflect on this show and talk about the vital role of women in the hospitality industry. And with that in mind, I am so grateful that I was able to bring in Sylvie Gabrielle and Dina Sampson, Joy Crump and Fiona Lewis, all to talk about 
their experience during this pandemic, how Regarding Her came to be, and the amazing work that it is going to do in the future. To find out more information about the blowout event at Jamie Lee Tank's Oyster Bar and the 14 days of celebrating women, uh, you can find it all on the list or you want it.com, obviously, uh, or go to Regarding Her. So I want to thank my guests again for joining me, and I want to thank you for joining me here uh, at Industry Night. You know, the mask mandate has been lifted and you don't have to show your vaccination card anymore. Um, it does feel good out there, but remember, still take your kindness pills because there are staffing shortages and there are other shortages and everybody's still a little tense. So just remember to be kind, be kind to your server, be kind to uh, your cashier or wherever you're just be kind, be kind to everybody. Uh, anyway, so thank you for joining me today. Be safe out there and have a delicious week. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC.